0: Welcome to the Petroid Podcast, the podcast that doesn't know the clitoris from the sphincter. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're covering season one, episode three of House of Cards. Uh, titled chapter three very inventive naming just like claire inventively names her companies yeah the clean water initiative the world well this is the house of cards podcast very very literal (laughs) very literal i like it uh okay this was a very different episode right this had very little to do with what was going on in washington and more to do with what was going on in georgia small ball crap small ball crap as they call it uh did you like that change of pace um,
1: I don't know, man. The same here. <laughs> I, I I I actually enjoyed the change of pace. I just thought that once again the po- the show had a little bit trouble uh, of trouble with its premise. It's like it. How so? It, well, I mean, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but if a teenager runs off the road texting her boyfriend that a peach water tower looks like a vagina. I don't see six, seven figure settlements and years of lawsuits and congressional, uh, hopes and dreams going down in flames. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very hard for me to take any of that seriously. I agree with you.
0: However, I think there is a tendency for these things to spin out of control, ridiculously so, in the media. And when that happens, like, that's what he's trying to contain here. Um... I, it felt very real world. Like, okay, this may be a thing that seems cut and dry in a close case, but in the real world things get messy, you know?
1: Well the other thing is I just thought that this was a good example of you know I I'm I'm going out on a limb and saying that uh Fincher and, and and uh Spacey and a lot of the others are probably liberal in their worldview as a person that grew up in a fundamentalist religion Mm -hmm. in the heartland of America, I felt like the whole scene at the church and the way he dealt with the people's religion was ham fisted bacon gauntlet, uh, to the extreme and, and not so much the actual, yeah, yeah. Not so much the actual meeting between him and the parents and the, the minister where he sliced up the sandwiches and he gave that talk about humility. Mm -hmm. I actually thought that's right on. Yeah. Because yeah. they do we, we do tend to uh in in, in the flyover states have uh, obsession with humility, and uh if you can do that, it, it gives you a weird power. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing at the church where he talks about hating God and all that, that would just go over like a lead balloon. Oh yeah, in a, deep, in a church in the deep south.
0: I would think he would be shouted off the stage as
1: soon as he yells I hate
0: you guys. Well, I mean they did they
1: get a, a give an audible gasp, but they did. then the fact that people were just like nodding and like the disconnected to and, uh, and and the guys, the father of the girl who was livid when he showed up at the um at, at the uh, I guess you call it the wake or yeah, the, the candlelight they vigil, had at the church, yeah, yeah. Um and and the fact that he would just get up there and give a speech um, I, I, and then, and then later he's like, well, thank you for your words, but it ain't going to change anything. I, I don't know. That just really rang false to me. Now, I kind of think it's supposed,
0: well, okay. I get what you're saying. You're saying you just don't think these things would happen and play out the way that they did, right? No.
1: And, and what's just weird because I feel like this is the third time that I've had a fairly major quibble with the underpinnings of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, uh, like I like everything but the premise.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: And, uh, and the premise is what felt, felt false. And I don't know whether, um, you know, a person growing up in New York city or Los Angeles would have these the same kind of problems, but you know, I, 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 that, that was my big problem. The A plot, uh, did not make a lot of a sense to me. And the fact that this, this powerful congressperson would have to go to his small town to take care of this particular issue. I mean, I'm trying to think of what they could have, what kind of stink could have happened. Like, um, you know, presumably this guy would be a strong supporter of gun rights. It would have been interesting if one of the schools in his uh, district had been shot up. That's like a true so, tragedy that people yeah, could yeah. really get – you know, pissed off about and it's like real world and that he'd have to go down there and put that fire out somehow. But the fact that he supported a peach water tower and it was lit up and there wasn't enough guardrails. I'm just like, what the fuck? It doesn't, it it didn't, it didn't ring. The stakes didn't seem high enough to blow off the two most powerful teachers union, uh, a meeting that you need FaceTime with to kind of finesse this through as you're running out of your hundred days. So
0: I'm I'm mostly in agreement with you there. I think, like, the premise of this episode may have been uh, a little tenuous, but they do try to explain that in the episode a little bit. They, like, before he goes, when he's talking with Stamper, Stamper's like, look, this could just... Forget about the education bill. There may no not be an education bill if you don't go deal with this. Certainly. if You'll if, be tied up in court for years with this thing. It'll look really bad, and the bill will just dissolve.
1: Which, this is bullshit, because by the time this ever got brought to court... You know, it's not. I mean, this by the time it actually goes to court, that hundred days. Yeah, yeah, and like he's gonna is. have to be in the court every freaking day. I mean, it just mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they're at the end of the hundred days. It just, I don't know. It just felt. I understand you have to nip some of these things in the bud, and that is accurate. I just felt like this particular thing felt very, you know, like what the, you know. They just should have thought on it a little bit harder to manufacture sure. something that really resonated emotionally. Because I just could barely contain my eye rolling about the problem itself. Because I had no sympathy for this girl or her parents.
0: Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it was an accident caused by the girl, right? The, the lighting of the, the tower is not what caused her to drive off the road.
1: Yeah, the fact, I mean, and th- that's, what's hilarious is there's all kinds of fucked up water towers in the Heartland. Like, uh-huh. you know, we got to look up the Jesus one from my hometown. Uh-huh. We got fucking Florence, y'all. Over in uh, northern Kentucky, I've seen him shaped like a fucking giant ear of corn. I've seen him shaped like space stations. I've seen him (laughs) shaped like a giant tomato. The fact that a a giant peach, you know, sphincter or clit or whatever, would would cause someone to run off the road. (laughs) And that would blow up in the face. It just, I don't know, man. It seems like something that would be on Jay Leno's monologue more than it would be something that would bring down a senator. Not a senator, I'm sorry. Yeah, that majority whip. Sure.
0: Uh, All right, well, let's move past that and talk
1: maybe a a little bit about kind of thematically what this episode is. Let me also deal with some corrections. Okay, Uh, please. First of all, uh, Ed Meacham, I thought, was the gentleman, the older, more distinguished uh, Capitol policeman that was assigned to be... Uh, Frank's bodyguard. He's missing uh-huh. because he's ill in this episode. Oh, I don't know. And he's re- the younger guy is Ed. malaria. Yeah, he had malaria, uh, and he's yeah he had the uh, uh, malignant malaria, <laughs> and he's replaced by Ed Meacham, who's kind of a wet behind the ears, much younger uh, Capitol policeman assigned to be Frank's driver and bodyguard. So I screwed that up. Uh, what did you want to talk about? You want to talk about Jillian? the new character that is uh
0: no first i want to talk a little bit more about the peach pit the uh, peachoid we go down yeah the peachoid uh storyline uh, a lot of this a lot of that storyline to me was kind of for the benefit of understanding kevin spacey's character better of frank underwood yeah um we need to kind of see while he, while he does respect these people he's also plays them like fiddles the entire time. I mean, yeah.
1: he knows him better than anyone.
0: Yeah, when he's talking to Oren, who is the county administrator or whatever, um, he he really understands this guy, and he's manipulating him. When he's talking to the parents, he's also manipulating them. Uh, it felt to me very much like they were trying to tell me, "Look, there are no depths that Frank is not willing to sink to, to pull off what he needs to pull off." Uh, especially when he gets up and he stands in front of a church and he exploits the local priest to play on the emotions of the parents to get them to do what he wants. Sure. It feels very much like he is just there to manipulate these people into the outcome he needs. And he's willing to do that at all costs. And that, to me, is one of the defining characteristics of Frank's character but he's also dispensing
1: good too like in some ways yeah i mean he got these people like he spared these people he got they're going to get a six figure settlement from the city uh-huh. it's going to bypass a hurtful campaign or a uh, uh, scholarship in their daughter's name they got name. a scholarship in the daughter's name at her uh, favorite university uh, he's promoting safety he's there's making sure this doesn't happen again so you know a lot of it's not like yes he's doing it for his own naked self-serving interests Mm -hmm. but he is doing he's 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 using good this isn't all smoke and mirrors sure some of this is just good negotiation and uh people skills well the interesting part about that is
0: also that those things are the necessary components of the solution right if he Mm -hmm. were to come to them and try to manipulate them with things that didn't benefit them or that were blatantly in his favor they would not have bought it yeah, like,
1: if he just came in there with a big cash settlement...
0: They would have t- told him they, to go fuck Yeah, you,
1: you're buying us off, but you come in here with, like, a scholarship for your daughter and safety improvements so we can make sure this never happens again. That, yeah, you know, goes back to these people's, like he said, that their humility
0: is their pride. So I don't give him a ton of credit for doing these nice things because he's doing them sure. for his own good. Yeah, I can see that. That's, that's a big part of Frank to me. Okay. Uh, do you want to talk about anything else?
1: No, because I mean the 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 other okay. stuff about as far as uh, uh, you know the teachers union that was yeah. largely just put on hold and background. It felt very much like this slowed the pace of of
0: the the planning and the plotting that we had seen in the previous two episodes. What do you think
1: the point of it was? Just to show that even a man as powerful as Frank can be brought down. You know, the all uh, that basically all politics are local that he can't completely he he, he can't hmm. as much as he plots and schemes he still uh is kind of beholden to his small town roots uh,
0: yeah i mean you, the, just you how are
1: responsible ba- to your constituents at some point right <laughs> and how many
0: balls you just have to keep in the air if you're that was a big thing yeah uh, i mean we see him at one point having three conversations at the same time right uh one of which you know he's not even listening to uh the head of the teacher's union when he's talking about the bill, he's, he's literally just waiting for him to stop talking so he can come back and say, here's what I propose.
1: Right. Uh, which (laughs) was pretty funny to me. So one of the more interesting plots in this season is, uh, Peter Russo. And we see him and his, uh, girlfriend, Christina start to try to reconnect. Uh, she's wanting to make things more serious in their relationship. and, And, to that end, she's willing to, uh, get a job, which is a promotion, uh, with the pre- uh, the House Majority Press Corps, if I if, if I'm correct on that, huh. um, and for whatever reason he decides to discourage her from that, and he also seems to, um, you
0: know, I think the reason is he genuinely loves her. I do too. I think because he is actually changing for this person. I mean, he's giving up cocaine. He's not using her toothbrush. Like. Yeah, these these are things that he
1: clearly sees she doesn't like and he stops him. He is trying to be a better person. Um, But don't you think that if he did want to have a relationship with her that he would want? Well, I I, kind of took it as a little bit darker because I thought that the majority of that is he didn't want her. He didn't want another assistant because I don't think he could he could maintain his faithfulness to her. He, that was, like, you know, I got to... Gotcha,
0: because he's done this before. Yeah,
1: if, I, if, if, if she's got her own thing and she's working as hard for these other people as she is for me, I won't see her that much, and then I'm going astray. Yeah. So I'm going to try to lock lock her down... I'm sure that's my, part of it. ...in my orbit. So that, if I if, if if you look at it from that angle, it's a little bit less, <laughs> you know, kind of loving and romantic and more kind of controlling and... Yeah. I don't know. Um... Are we ready to talk about uh, Claire's plot line? Yeah, please. So she's trying to lure this Jillian woman who is uh, got a proven track record of giving, you know, giving up money to do what she wants to do and pursue her calling, which, uh, you know, she said no to Google uh, to run her own not for profit in Africa. She's had malaria and a bunch of other exotic diseases several times. She's suffering for something. I, I didn't quite catch it. Um, I don't know what it was, but but and she's also kind of turned off by how big and powerful and and you know well connected uh, Claire's organization is. She's like, you know, I don't really work with people that have award winning photographers that are commissioned to do their stuff. And Claire pointed out, it's like, well, uh, that actually uh, got us forty thousand dollars of funding a year. Yeah, and there's a reason why I do those things, and, and, not just to show off. Not just for the, the prestige of it. And these are the things, these are the strengths that I can bring to you to help you achieve your mission. Um, and she seems won over by that. And I, But I still don't, at this point in the season, I don't understand why Claire's doing this. What is so, and what to what end? Because I don't believe that she's doing this just because she's altruistic and believes in helping... Uh, kids get clean drinking water are you
0: talking about expanding internationally yeah what like or, or, why she's doing this new move with their company at all yeah
1: or why is claire in this period in the charity work yeah why mm-hmm. what is there, there's got there There is some and, yeah because her and frank are
0: similarly motivated people yeah right i mean they they i mean frank says it in this episode people like you he's talking to zoe here but it, people like you and me if we're not uh if we're treading water we're might as well be dead or whatever he says um, if they're not constantly moving ahead. And I feel like Claire is very much like that, too.
1: So, I I
0: don't know. I mean, does... She seems... It seems like underneath that exterior that she presents to everyone, she is kind of... uh, She has a a heart under mm. there, you know? I I get that impression more and more because, I mean, the stuff with the graveyard, I didn't totally understand this episode. Well, see,
1: I was going to bring that up because I thought, to me, that was showing that um you know maybe she feels guilt more strongly than francis yeah yeah because that old lady is basically shamed her running through graveyard which you know what old lady fuck you people (laughs) run through graveyards uh when i was training for a mini marathon uh for the indy 500 mini uh my group met every sat every sunday morning and ran through a goddamn giant graveyard um have you no respect i no, they're (laughs) dead bodies and it's goofy that we bury people in the ground in this country anyway i don't understand western burial customs but she kind of was like you know i had this odd experience but she never really finished it because uh francis got distracted with zoe um you know trying to get get frank to feed her um but then, towards the end of the episode, she caught this young people, you know, being clearly inappropriate in a graveyard. Sure, and she smiles, just like, like this is vindication to her. So, I, I, what are we supposed to learn about her personality from that? I honestly don't know. Yeah if i
0: if I had to guess, I mean, no, I don't even think that makes sense. I was gonna say maybe she feels a little guilty for the stuff that she, uh, that her husband is doing. And she's trying to make up for it with this charity work um, because he doesn't have that heart. But I I don't see her. No, as there's that something type of more to
1: this, and I believe we get into it even later on in the season, but we'll we'll see. Okay, At this yeah. point, you know, it's like it's we we just don't know. Um, what about Zoe? Yeah, I was going to get to her. Yeah. So she's back. She's still doing a lot more television. She's addicted to television. Um, and it's pissing off Tom because of the stuff she's saying. Well, and just the fact that she's getting big for her britches, and she's got Mm -hmm. the owner of the newspaper coming and basically uh, going down on her and uh, overriding her senior editor's objections to the piece and basically saying, well, you can do what you want, but you're still going to run this on the front page. And he decides that he needs to punish her by grounding her from television. She tries to make this into a sexist thing? Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know the hammer from anybody. (laughs) Uh, But to me, I got that as like, you're you're a little bit too jumped up and a little bit too big for your britches. And I need to treat, I need you to learn respect.
0: Yeah, it's, this conversation is weird because she clearly disrespects him by just interrupting him in in the middle of his sentence. But she does have a point, right? He's giving her this lecture where she obviously knows that She's made a mistake here, and she doesn't need an, a lecture going on and on about it, and he is kind of treating her like a child a little bit.
1: Well, but she was patronizing to his organization and disrespectful in the interview. Yeah, she they, they both said, are at fault here. I, mean, she tr- I guess she tried to make a token effort to praise both Janine and... Uh,
0: and Tom as well.
1: Yeah, the, the hammer. <laughs> yeah, uh, But at the end, she basically sided with the interviewer when she says, yeah, we could do more to... Uh, Promote stuff like me. And then Tom gives the look of
0: death. Right. Like him standing there with his arms crossed, glaring... uh, I don't know, down his brow at the TV.
1: So... But then when Frank gives her advice, he's basically saying, you know, is the hammer on television? Are millions of people listening to his voice and seeing the face? So basically saying to defy him, and if you get fired, then fuck this place. You're going... I mean, I don't think she realizes how much capital she has through this TV exposure. And, you know, she seems like, oh, I got to, you know, I got to stay at this job to continue doing what I'm doing. He's like, no, they need you more than you need them. Sure. I mean, she can go online and continue to do her thing. Certainly. Uh,
0: if, even if she gets fired, you know? Right. I mean, she has to find a way to pay the bills, but right.
1: I imagine her bills aren't that high anyway. No, with the, <laughs> the, the, the,
0: sh- <laughs> the shit hole apartment the she's shit-hole living in. The shit
1: apartment where she... Uh, I, I don't think we mentioned this, but uh, when we, we we're laughing when we first saw the episode, that like she kicks off her shoes and instantly gets dirty hippie feet within three <laughs> seconds of walking <laughs> in her disgusting apartment.
0: She's got wine bottle candle holders. Uh-huh. Like,
1: yep. <laughs> it's, uh huh. Yeah. Really she's nasty. doing. She's doing her. La- she's doing her laundry in the kitchen sink. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I think that covers most of the arcs that we've got in this episode. Yeah, this was one of the harder
0: episodes for me to really understand where it fits into the puzzle yeah um because it was it didn't have a lot of clear plot threads as far as like where this could be going in the future and why they're doing what they're doing um but i guess we'll just have to watch future episodes to really fit it in
1: i will say that i kind of think the season would have been better as like a a 10 episode season because this felt Mm -hmm. like a little bit like uh well we need 13 episodes so we need a little transition episode we're going to put everything on hold and we yeah. did learn a little bit interesting things. I, I really love the uh, Frank's line about how everything gets slower and thicker down here, including yeah. my accent. You could e- <laughs> and you could even hear that too. Uh-huh. You know, way when he's dealing with his, his town folk, it's way different than when he's, you know, talking to the people on the hill. Yeah. And in the White House. Absolutely. <laughs> If you've enjoyed our show, please help us get our new House of Cards podcast launched in style by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes. You can also support us by using our Amazon affiliate link when you shop online. Just go to amazon.baldmove.com and we'll get a tiny cut of Amazon's profits from whatever you buy on that session. Best of all, they cost you nothing. And be sure to tell your friends, family, and coworkers about Bald Move check out our website for all our other great television coverage for game of thrones mad men walking dead breaking bad and downton abbey and all of our great pop culture casts like personal arrogance and the because show keep up with the latest on twitter at bald move and on facebook.com slash bald move and don't forget to join us on valentine's day weekend starting saturday february 14th for our coverage of season two of house of cards see you next time